0: Man, let's keep it rolling. Live here from ATL, it is the Buck Rising Show. Lucas is here. I am, well, I'm not with him, but I'm here. We're having a great time. We've had a fantastic show. Sports has been our cup runneth over with content to get into over the course of the final hour. Preseason football will take place right here on these very airwaves. Titans Radio's coverage begins at 5 p.m., 3HL getting a little bit of an early day, but that's okay cuz we've all got football to discuss. Coach Mack, Dave McGinnis, is in Atlanta. He is not physically at my hotel room, but he will join us here in just a bit and we will preview this game with Titans Radio, Titans Radio's own head coach. Mack, the only former NFL head coach who's a part of a team broadcast. It's what makes Titans Radio one of the many things that makes Titans Radio so special. So we can't wait to get into X's and O's with the man in black. In the meantime, we're taking your calls. 615-737-1045. What are you most looking forward to in this preseason game? We've talked quarterbacks. We've talked running backs. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the offensive line and Dylan Raiden's what we're looking for from him tonight. But I guess the thing that's most important, the thing that this that's really going to dictate how this season goes, People are worried about the offense, right? I can't imagine that there are people out here wringing their their hands about the idea that an offense that scored north, north of 30 points per game last year and added Julio Jones is the focal point of the concern. No, not by any stretch of the imagination, even as you're kind of wandering and waiting for the Julio watch to end and when he'll return to the practice field in something other than just standing behind the offense and watching a walkthrough, which has been the case. That's okay. You got plenty of time to worry about Julio Jones. What most concerns you, though, is the defense, of course. What's been the conversation of a year plus at this point, heading into last offseason, understanding that defenses were going to be hurting without these preseason reps, without form tackling drills, without contact. You saw the way that Shane Bowen struggled in his first year as a defensive play caller because he was not able to get to know his players in a conventional sense. You saw the way that defenses across the league really offenses thriving because there was no there was no longer a home field advantage. All these offenses or all these stadiums rather were largely quiet, allowing the offenses to operate at a high level as they would if they were in their own home stadiums when they were out on the road. How big I mean, fans play a big role in many things, but certainly the advantage of home field was something that was not there to deter opposing offenses a year ago. So what are we watching on the defensive side of the ball tonight? Well, there's a great many things, of course, and you can answer the entire defense if you so choose. We'd love to hear from you. 615-737-1045. What are you focused most on about the defense at this point? I would say that for me, it starts up front. This defensive line is a bit of a fascination. Now, how much Jeffrey Simmons or Danico Autry does tonight remains to be seen, but the depth behind them and the guys who will play significant roles in this defense, not named Autry or Simmons, T.R. Tart and Laurel Murchison. What is, what is the trajectory of these two players? I know when I did my weekly 3HL hit on Monday, that Don Davenport was looking for looking for somebody to kind of poke holes in the Tier Tart hype machine because he's been a big story at camp with the way that he's physically transformed himself, having a normalized NFL offseason, being in a weight training program in the league for a full year, having you know the opportunity to get more of his feet under him and and find a role in this defense. Find a find an opportunity I mean it, I would make the argument Tier Tart was their best rookie a year ago, even as Christian Fulton played more snaps, Chris Jackson played more snaps. They weren't necessarily good snaps all the time. Tier Tart did a lot more with less in a circumstance that you understood those rookies coming in a year ago were going to be have a, a steeper learning curve than most. So now we have the opportunity to see a lot of these second year guys, like Tierra Tart, a former undrafted rookie free agent, and Laurel Murchison, who has also benefited from an offseason, from offseason training, from just simply having gyms open and available to them in a way that during the pre-draft process last year, a year ago, they were not. 615 737 1045. So Tierra Tart, Laurel Murchison, Rashad Weaver. I I want to know. And his, the legal situation that kind of looms over Rashad Weaver is, is a substantial one, right? The things that he is accused of having done or having said are horrific by any stretch of the imagination. And he was, I, I had a little bit of a, and, and I need a little bit of a mea culpa, to be honest with you, because I had a bad reaction to the way that he no commented the media when he, in his first opportunity to speak with us since those allegations came out. Because it benefits him none, of course, legally by saying anything. And I, I was looking for more answers. I was looking for an answer, an explanation, or really just for him to denounce the kind of things that he was accused of doing. And instead, you know, he, was, he had preferred to talk about football. Of course, he's right. And, and my, in my role as a reporter, I should know better than to have an emotional response about something that, you know, is completely understandable. I don't know what I would have liked him to say. I would have liked, oh, well, I do know, I would have liked him to denounce what he was accused of doing and the behavior that is associated with it. And he chose not to do that because it's not in his best legal interest to do that. So that court date looming over everything in October, in the meantime, he's on the practice field. In the men, in the meantime, he stands to play a substantive role in this defense. If he can find ways to become that versatile piece across the defensive line and with the group of edge rushers. This is something that Shane Bowen, the defensive coordinator, spoke on the last time we heard from him, given that for all the ills that this defense has had, Shane Bowen has really been encouraged by what he's been able to see. When I'm encouraged by our energy and our competitiveness, and I think we're improving. I see little things from every player, like I told you guys uh, last week. Um, but, again, it's day by day. We've still got a long way to go. We're 10 days in. Like, we haven't done anything yet. Um, We've got to keep improving, keep the focus on us, right? And then we'll see as we get into the season where this thing goes. Shane Bowen talking about the encouraging signs. Lucas, do we have the clip on the, uh, on the turnovers? as well if not that's okay I think that's a something good to bring up though because that has been a big story of camp is the amount of turnovers that this defense is causing all of these interceptions from Ryan Tannehill and the and the other quarterbacks you know they vary right whether it's a, a bad play by the offense or a good play by the defense this was Shane Bowen on the amount of turnovers through camp that his unit has been able to cause yeah I think it's something we've been emphasizing um to continue that turnover trend um I mean, it's a technique. Like, there's things that go into it. I think practicing it and seeing it carry over just like anything else has been encouraging. Um, It's just got to continue. Like, we can't lose sight of it. we got to be able to carry it through all the way through uh, up until that first game, and then obviously once the season gets here. But That's Shane Bowen talking about the turnovers that his defense has been able to find so far through camp. Edge rushers, defensive backs. That's going to be the primary focus for me. I'm also excited. I mean, Listen, I'm excited to watch all of these guys. And I know that sounds cliche. I know that, may, you know, uh, because I've been oftentimes dismissive of somebody like a Nick Westbrook Akina who struggles to catch the football or Jared Pinckney, who has been very, very underwhelming so far in camp. But top to bottom, this roster, I'm excited to see, you know, how the observations we've made at camp, what we've seen at camp, how much we've talked to these guys doing the radio show out at camp, how much of a step they've taken. And who doesn't take that step and how this kind of narrows the storyline, how this kind of advances the narrative around this year's team. Tommy Hudson at the tight end position. Where is his role? Does he have one? Is Miller Forrestal, the undrafted rookie free agent out of Alabama at that same position? Is he able to find a roster spot or does he have enough potential to merit a practice squad, uh, a, a practice squad place at the end of the year once they have to make their roster cutdowns? I maintain Briley Moore, the uh, undrafted rookie free agent out of Kansas State, who tore his ACL early on in camp. He would have been a good candidate as one of these guys to make the roster as a fringe player. But from top to bottom, I'm really excited to watch this team and to see where the growth and development comes. Now, specifically, though, the edge rushers, the defensive line and the secondary are going to be a continued story until such time as we see, you know, the full measure of them with Bud Dupree and Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry, again, not knowing how much, how many starters are going to play and how many starters even made the trip, you know, for, for the purposes of trying to keep their numbers down and limit travel. I would imagine that I I don't know that Ryan Tannehill didn't come down uh, to Atlanta, but certainly Ryan Tannehill and Caleb Farley aren't playing. So what, what benefits them? I mean, Farley, you understand it benefits him to go through the routine of pregame But if he's not participating in the game, you know, it's understandable if they would leave somebody like that at home. But then there's the kickers. (laughs) The kickers are an obsession. I mean, so much so that it is it is a focal point of practice every day when all of the media vultures, we all gravitate towards the sideline because it's the end of a particular 11 on 11 session and they're going to kick field goals and they're going to square off whether it's McCann or formerly Blake Hawbeil, or now with Sam Ficken, who has come in to this roster and looks to kind of increase the level of competition. They they rattle them off one and then the other. They alternate turns. The kickers make their kicks or miss their kicks, and we tweet out the statistics, right? It is something that's going to hover over this franchise like a bad smell until such time as they can resolve it. Whether the kicker for 2021 is even on the roster. Is something that has to be considered, as as we've talked about before, Mickey Ryan on Blade and Mickey pointing out that they would have to guarantee somebody like Stephen Goskowski's contract if they brought him in prior to the regular season beginning. So, are they just trying to bide their time, knowing that Goskowski is a, a proven vet, a proven pro, and somebody who, once he relaxed a little bit, started to settle in, uh, coming off of the surgery? at the end of his New England career and how things kind of sputtered for him at the start, knowing that they have that just down the road in Franklin, as Mike Frable put it, available to them at week two? Are they just trying to get through camp with these guys to avoid the financial implications that would come with somebody like a Steven Goskowski? It's possible. And maybe the the moves that they've made to add a a specific kicking coach will be able to maximize the assets they have. It's something that's going to continue to be a conversation until such time as they find a resolution. And if the resolution's not good enough, you can bet we're going to talk about it some more. We'll talk about all of the things preseason with Titans Radio's head coach. Coach Dave McGinnis will join us coming up next for his weekly installment. He's in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta. Well, I'm in Atlanta, Curves, the see of Scoreboard Bar and Grill. Coach Mack will be on the call, of course, tonight with Mike Keith, Amy Wells, Rhett, Bryan, killing it. We'll talk to him next. This is 104.5 The Zone. It is that time. It's a game day with Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio, presented as always by Farm Bureau Health Plans, like an extra set of pads. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Visit them at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Mac,
1: my man, how we living in this on this beautiful day in Atlanta? Well, Good afternoon, Buck. Yeah, I mean it's it's all good. Just making some last minute preparations here, getting ready to do the broadcast because uh, every broadcast on Titans Radio, you know, uh, with Mike Key's standards, we all we we bring our best always. We owe it to our listeners, we owe it to our affiliates, we owe it to our fans, and so we uh, we've had several meetings already, and so. Uh, it may be a preseason game, but uh, Titans Radio is always on their game, and that's what we're going to do.
0: You're damn right, Philip Noel, Red Bryan, Amy Wells, the whole crew. So, who who is the most manic on game day, Mac? Among your crew, who is the person who there, is the most high struck?
1: There is nice nobody manic. There is nobody <laughs> manic because you know every, everybody knows what they're doing. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a consummate group of professionals. I mean, we all you know. Uh, you know have fun when it's time to have fun but but during the game there is no panic and there's no nobody's manic because everybody knows exactly what they're doing and I mean everybody fits together so well and that's why it's pretty much a you know a a seamless broadcast but because you know of course Mike and I are reacting to everything that goes on on the field but what's going on behind us you know with with as you mentioned Philip Noel and Brad Willis and Rhett Bryant everything everything that they're doing radio wise you know and production wise is is amazing because i mean brad willis and philip they're all involved in you know in, in timeouts and watching you know when the timeouts are taken and watching the tv signals and watch uh, uh working commercials and there's a lot going on up there so uh but i mean look five year, five seasons ago i joined a b- very very professional group so it's uh it's really cool it's a lot of fun
0: no question about it we're looking forward to hearing titans radio's coverage beginning at 5 p.m central time today so Mac we know that Ryan Tannehill will not be making the start obviously we anticipate seeing a ton from Logan Woodside and Matt Barkley what I guess for the quarterbacks as a head coach approaching preseason game number one are you looking to emphasize with players at that position
1: well we got to see if they can operate the offense and they'll both get they'll both get equal their chances at it tonight and it's important Buck it's important for them that's that's why I say when I started in this league, you know, I, I really didn't know what preseason was about until I, I figured out that you know people's livelihoods are on the line, and knowing how important it is to you know to all of these players, regardless of whether they're brand new in the league or they're trying to stay in the league and establish it, so uh, they will get their chances, and, and to be able to operate the offense against an uh, you know an unfamiliar opponent is uh, is critical, and so they will be put through their paces tonight. Uh, and really, they 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 have to perform, and, and we we know that some of the frontline players aren't going to play, which is fine. I mean, it, these young players, uh, they're going to get their chances, and and you know, Matt Barkley's been in the league, but he's brand new to here, and so both of those guys will get their the uh, a, a, an extreme number of reps tonight, and I'm looking forward to watching them, and it's you know it's going to be important for their futures here as to how they perform in this preseason.
0: What kind of what kind of differentiates these two players other than Barkley's uh, vastly more expansive role as a starter and with NFL reps? What kind of separates these two guys at that position?
1: Well, I think that's the major separation, you know, in my mind. And just seeing, you know, seeing Barkley, Barkley at practice, of course, I vetted him, you know, coming out of USC. I mean, he was a guy that, that understood how to spread the ball around. He was always a, a, a very accurate guy. I think Logan Woodside may be a little more, uh, you know, athletic, you know, being able to make the unscheduled play. But they're but they're both you know extremely smart quarterbacks. Logan Woodside's been here in this system, so he's got a little bit of a leg up on that. And I would say that Mac Barkley brings a leg up because of his experience. And so it's going to be important for both of them, you know, throughout the the process I mean you've been there every day at practice you've been you've been watching you've been watching practice now Barkley hasn't been there very long but you've watched Logan Woodside for a while but these times when you're going against an opponent or in a different colored jersey are very very important for both of them buck
0: without question coach Dave McGinnis of Titans radio here with us on 104.5 the zone uh, I think Mac there's there's so many I I've, I'm so excited to watch these storylines Across every position, advanced. But one that's been such a cool one to follow so far, at least training camp, is Marcus Johnson. He's in his fifth year. He's talking to us at practice. I guess that would have been on Wednesday about how sometimes it's just bad luck with the way that he's bounced around. He's finally got a handle on some soft tissue injuries that he struggled with over the course of his career. This camp, he's been healthy and he's made plays. What's, what is, what are your, what are your observations from Marcus Johnson and that wide receiver group specifically? What are you fo- What are you guys focusing on the most?
1: Well, I mean, Marcus Johnson to me, and I mean, that, that's a great illustration of a guy that's, you know, that's trying to find his place and, and yep. you, you see stories like this all around the National Football League but guys that some sometimes they just don't quite slot in to where they've been and they they keep moving around the league but you move around the league because you know somebody is seeing something in you and and just because you get released from the team doesn't really mean you can't play in this league it just means you can't play at that at that place at that time and so he's clearly taking advantage of it and this is going to be a big preseason for him i'm i'm looking forward to to watching him because you know it, it it's When you're a veteran, you've got a little bit of of an advantage in this type of situation because you've been through preseason. You understand, you know what it's about, and so I'm looking forward to seeing him again go against some people that he's not familiar with as far as their habits and the way they cover. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be important for him. With with Des
0: Fitzpatrick Mack, they, they're asking him to work at all three positions at wide receiver, right? And I was kind of reminded of the way that in 2019, Tajay Sharp's versatility certainly kept him around on the roster. And his, he, he performed well when he was here in Tennessee, now with the Falcons. But that was something that they also asked of Tajay Sharp. How, how difficult right. is that for a player to master understanding that Tajay being a fifth-round pick, Des Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick being a fourth round pick. How, 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 how difficult is it for a rookie like that coming in and being asked to learn all three positions across the formation at receiver?
1: Well, it's challenging at the start. I mean, it's challenging at the start, but that's part of it is being able to see, you know, uh, if they're able to do that and clearly, you know, they've had indications that he's able to do that, but it's, it's a challenge you know, a little bit, you know, to be able to not only to not only get in a groove in one position, but to play several because there's nuances to each and every one of those positions, just not only from left to right, but also moving in the slot. But that look, a great axiom in the National Football League that I learned very early in my career is the more you can do the longer you stay. And that's a that's a big, big thing. And so yeah, he's he's working through that. And there's you know i you know when i watch when i i watch practice i I study practice you know where i watch it from the film you know from the film boat there and the high angle you know wide angle end zones to be able to just watch i'm watching practice film during practice and i you know i want to see what they're what they what they are doing you know strategically i like seeing what they're doing you know with their people as far as their placements and then and and you can watch a guy like this move around in those various different spots and and you can tell that he's still trying to find his footing but it look it's a patience game too you know that it takes but they've got confidence in him that he can do that or they would not be asking him to do that
0: coach to go back to the quarterbacks for a moment we talk all the time about the way logan woodside's been able to ward off contenders for the backup role largely due to the time he spent in this system, his knowledge of the playbook. Then we just played some audio from Matt Barkley discussing how difficult it is to digest a playbook at this stage in training camp, a new face within a team. So you figure they wouldn't ask the same thing of those two guys, right, when it comes to Woodside versus Barkley. As a head coach and a play caller, how how do you handle that with two guys that are in completely different stages of their knowledge of the playbook as far as Barkley versus Woodside
1: and what they're going to ask of those guys tonight? In their quarterback meetings they they, they have they, they have they have sat down you know with both of these guys and have, have gone through the get to the game plan now look it's going to be a basic game plan but they've gone through the plays and, and that's what you do with your quarterbacks you sit down a day before two days before and say okay look here's our list How, what do you feel comfortable with this is what we feel this is what we're going to do this game as far as personnel wise this is what we're going to do down and distance wise now talk to us about what you feel confident in what you feel comfortable with and and to your point I mean Logan, Woodside has got a better grasp of it now what Matt Barkley has he has he has concepts because concepts you know are are, are basically you know they can transfer around the league but language does not Language does not, and nuance does not. So they will have sat down with both of these guys uh, with, with the game plan and, and, and with the call sheet and have gone over with both of them, you know, what, what do you feel more comfortable with, you know, and, and give them several selections as far as just, you know, looking at, at down a distance, field position, all of those things that come up in a game, and then they'll be constantly talking to them uh, during the game. But that's how, that's how they handle it. They don't just say, okay, you know, let's just spin the wheel and uh, whatever comes up, that's what we're going call.
0: Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio here with us on 104.5 The Zone. Pre-game coverage beginning at 5 p.m. Central Time with the great Titans radio crew the first of the season we're fired up for it mac i uh, i i want to see uh, today is about depth the preseason is about depth first and foremost and understanding right. how they're going to fill out the roster depth is is a concern uh, no matter what position you're looking at but for me i'm focused mainly on the defensive line and the outside linebackers tonight where where what kind of what position group on that side of the ball is kind of drawing your attention
1: well, I mean, that's a good place to start. I mean, it really is because you're going to, you know, especially defensively and, and, and up front, the positions that you have mentioned, Buck, you know, whether you're playing a 3-4 or a 5-2, you know, you're, you need people that can roll in there. And so you, you've targeted two positions that are very important to watch. The depth. Now, you know, depth across the league is a problem all right, just because of the way the salary cap is set and just because of the way you put rosters together now. So it's very important, especially that during this time, to be able to find some guys that can that you feel like might be able to find their way and work their way in there either immediately, you know, to be, to be part of what you're going to do starting the season off or guys that might warrant, you know a, a practice squad spot that you think you know i right, could take some time to get up to speed and with the new rules now where you can activate it more quickly than, than you could you know just like we did last year that's what you're looking for but i think both of those positions defensively because both mo- those are the positions that you rotate on defense is, the, is 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 the is the dudes up front and so both of those positions down front and then on the edge uh, i think are very important to watch tonight Mac, I want to I
0: know that versatility is something that they focus on no matter what position uh, we're talking about. But specifically up front, what 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 are tier tart and Laurel Murchison as players? Because I I want I want to understand better what their role in this defense may actually be.
1: Well, Pierre Tart's more of a shade. I mean, he's more of a guy that's going to be on the, on the, on the, on on an outside shoulder of the center, inside shoulder of a guard. He's more of a shade. You know, he's a, he's a bigger, wider body in there. Laurel Murchison's got a little more length. I mean, he could play out on a five technique and then he can move down inside mostly as a three technique. That's, you know, that's basically, you know, what, what he is. They're two completely different body types. Right. That you look at, and when you're running multiple fronts, that's what you're looking for and what you need. But uh, both of those guys, I mean, this is a big preseason for both of those guys too, because you know tier Tart came or, came along a little bit at the end and had some had some nice snaps in there, and and so did Murchison. But you, when you're talking about rolling guys in there in games that make a difference, you want guys that w- once they come in that you don't notice a big drop off because that's important. Uh, when you're rolling people. And so they both play on that. They can both play the interior. I would just say Murchison might be a little bit more versatile just because he's got a little more length and can slide a little bit further outside to that five technique sometimes, you know, from the the spot, that three technique over the
0: guard. Coach Dave McGinnis here with us on 104.5 The Zone. Uh, Mac I I want to see I want to see as much as humanly possible from the rookie corners we know that Caleb Farley won't play tonight we assume that Elijah Molden will see some kind of some kind of work over the course of tonight's game in that secondary how 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 do you see them adapting to the the skill set of the players right now we know that that Molden has been a slot player a, a successful slot player coming out of washington we know that chris jackson has played in the nickel for them previously playing more defensive snaps than any any rookie for this team
1: last year how have you seen that kind of competition develop in camp well they really haven't worked christian at the slot you know in this in this camp yet you know because he's seen some that's where eliza molden has been working chris jackson has been working there so uh it it, it our thought, my thought process, always on the on the staffs I was on, you know, as a as a as a position coach on defense and as a coordinator, then as assistant head coach and a head coach, all through my career, you know, this what you want to see your secondary be able to do. You're going to put them in as many man to man situations as you can, because that's really you know that's really what you want to see. Because there's not there's no game plan for this game, and so you know you're, right. what you're going to do. You're going to cut down your calls so that they can line up and, and, and get ready to play. So that when they're on that turf, they're ready to play when the ball is snapped. I'm sure Arthur is going to give them, you know, several personnel groups. He will give a motion. He will give them motions to reset and those types of things. And then there's going to be play action coming off of it. And so you like to put your players in these in these games in distress situations because that's what you're trying to find out, which a lot of times means, you know, quite a bit more man to man that you might call rather than you might call it a game because you're gonna mix it up when you're when you're game planning. So I want to see all of those guys how they accept the challenge of going against somebody different, you know, in those man-to-man situations, and then just see, you know, basically, you know, uh, you know how, they, how they tackle, you know, how they, how they form their leverage at the third level. All of those things are, are very, very important at an elevated speed. I mean, you, I mean, you can go fast in practice, but, but the, the speed elevates. In a preseason game, just like the speed elevates from a preseason game to a regular season game, and then it really elevates into the playoffs. And so, uh, these things were important tonight. But if you know my experience, you know, especially in the first ball game, would not live, not give them a whole lot to think about in the back end, and just want to see them uh, work technique, and then they just want to see him finish on the ball.
0: Mac, what time you get in the stadium today?
1: Well, Rhett and and Philip and Brad Willis are already over there. They are. You know, they, we, we had meeting. We had a meeting last night. You know, uh, 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 a little bit, a little bit after dinner, and then uh, they're already. Was well, this over before there. Or after uh, the Braves game? Do you have the meeting at the Braves game? What, 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 are, what are you meeting? No, Bad no, no, no. So they had so much to do was, last they, night. They, they were done with the Braves game. They, 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 <laughs> they, they were done with the Braves game. We, you know, they, they, they had to get the Braves game in. The Braves needed a few more runs across the plate. Uh, yeah, tough one. But, we, you know, then, then, then we had a meeting, and then they had to get over there and get things set up. There's so much that goes into setting up a booth, especially a booth on the road. I mean, it, it's amazing. And I, I, I was totally amazed when I first started doing this. And it, it, they have it synchronized down to how they set it up and how they break it down. Uh, the first broadcast I was on when it, is at it, is it the Jets in preseason in New York, and they started to break down and said, "And you know, I'm kind of standing there. You know, when I'm through." And they and I said, "Can I help?" And they said, I, "We tell you how you can help. Don't touch anything, and go down and tell the bus not to leave us. That's how you can help us, Coach Mack." So that's what I did, and that's what I still do.
0: We love to see it, Coach Mac. I can't wait to uh, can't wait to see it at the stadium, and can't wait to listen to Titans radio coverage starting at five p.m. on 104.5 the Zone and across the Titans radio network.
1: Have a great game, Mac. Yeah, you're doing the pregame with us, right? You, you and, that's you, right, Jimmy Jimmy White coming in. Well, uh, oh, that's oh yeah, I'm on I'm yeah. Rhett, I'm on, on Brian's email list. I'm gonna be in
0: a booth for the first time, so I got to try not to embarrass uh, that, myself
1: I, today. Uh, I, I I look I look forward to seeing you, Buck. That'll be great. See you, man. No doubt about it.
0: Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio, the best in the business, the only former NFL head coach on any team's broadcast across all 32 NFL teams. We will come back, wrap up the show next. We got some polls that I got to pack up and get out because I got a late checkout, Lucas. I don't know if you saw somebody. I, I, I deadbolted the door behind me, but somebody was definitely trying to get in the hotel room. So I'm going to go check and make sure that they knew that I had a late checkout time. And we'll do that during the commercial break. Hopefully I'll be back in time for polls. That sound means it's the end of our week. What a fun week it's been. Thank you guys so much for making this show as much fun as it is for Lucas, for me, for everybody involved here at 104.5 The Zone. Thanks to Scoreboard Bar and Grill who make this show possible live from Atlanta and almost all every day next week, Tuesday through Friday, live from Tampa Bay. With this Titans preseason coverage, scoreboard, bar, and grill, the world's largest selection of Bushwhackers, football, music, more. What could you ask for out there at scoreboard, bar, and grill? All right. So the poll questions. I'm getting ready to be kicked out of my hotel room, which means it's time for me to go to the stadium. And thank God the show is almost over. So in the meantime, let's rattle off some
1: polls. I don't know who you are, but I know what it's time for. A poll update on the Buck Rising show. Here's a young man with a very particular set of skills. With the final numbers, here's Buck Rising Show correspondent and producer Lucas Pansica.
0: Which Titans player can benefit the most from the 2021 preseason? Caleb says lots of guys could be the answer to this one. If I got to pick just one, it's Caleb Farley. But this preseason is invaluable for a lot of groups. No Caleb Farley tonight. Yeah, I mean... There are, there are so many different places. The, the, the right answer is all of them, right? Like you're watching yeah. all of these positions to see how they develop, what the growth has been, who is really struggling and fighting to find.